All right, guys, we are back with another show uh, on It's a Trans World podcast. We have a very special guest today. Um, a guest that has actually been a part of this Trans World Atlanta family for quite some time. She actually had us had us on her show. Uh, she has a real radio show, you know, a little bit bigger than podcasts these days. But nonetheless, Jewel, um, we are so excited to have you. We are looking forward to having the conversation. But before we get started, guys, I'm your host, Raquel, my co-host, the handsome Malik. He's going to tell us what's in the news before we really get going today. Yes, your handsome, sleepy co-host. <laughs> so, yeah, so, of course, you know, we still got the writer's strike going on. And um, unfortunately, Billy Porter shared that he has to sell his house um, because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, man, let's keep him in our prayers. You know, he's doing wonderful work representing. And um, it, it's, it's tough out there. And I believe on August 10th, they reached 100 days of striking. So, you know, man, let's keep our writers and actors, actresses, actresses in our prayers you know that's that's hard it, it it is hard but it's hard for our sad folk right now but i'm gonna tell you something there's a whole lane for independent work there's a whole giant of the lane for independent work hits here we are navigating very well um we came out of post-production uh three or four months ago we've already been picked up by several several networks so um while our writers are struggling with the big production companies kind of to me is like okay now what it's just like buying black like we make Louis Vuitton and Gucci multi-billionaire companies but we don't necessarily go out and make black companies multi-billionaire companies well it's no different you now have the time you have the time and the space and the opportunity to create streaming platforms where you can put your independent work on um, there's so many independent platforms that are taking work. So while it's tough right now for writers that are SAG affiliated, yeah, actors and actresses that are SAG affiliated, for all my independent artists, you better go to work. This is a time for you to go to work and get busy. I promise you. And that's what we've been doing um, with Dreamcatchers. Uh, we, our production company, we just shot a feature film. We're shooting another feature in December. And we have avenues to put those films on TV, Peacock, Amazon, Tubi, so on and so forth. So while it's dim on one area, it's not so dim on the other side. Oh, so we're I'm kind of thankful to be where we are right now, living in this independent lane um, and creating our own rules. Yeah, so um, before we get started, uh, Jewel, we always tell our people that we lead with love and this is a very safe place this show is for us by us um and we have lots of conversations um and our conversation can go anywhere uh there are no rules i want you to be very open very honest but we talk about love we talk about mental and physical health and we talk about community and support and what that looks like so i want you to be very open as you go through uh the podcast today but before we really jump into what does support look like in the transgender community and non-binary community? I want you to fully introduce yourself to our audience. Yes. So thank y'all for having me, Raquel and Malik. I am Jewel. I go by Jewel the Gym on the Instagram and the things and the, you know, as my artist name as well. Um, but my given name is Jewel. 
And so my pronouns that I use are she, her. I identify as a queer ratchet revolutionary. I embrace the word ratchet. Um, I am from the hood. I love, you know, hoops. I love long nails. I love to be loud. I love to twerk, you know, on demand. Like, that is me. Like, that's that's what I enjoy to do. Yeah. Huh? Oh, twerk on demand. You know? Oh, yeah. I twerk. I'm like, oh, right now. I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know? So, um, that's, that's the energy and the revolutionary part is because I am very deeply invested into the liberation of black people and that's all black people. So that's black queer and trans people, black people with disabilities, um, black girl, you know, like you know, black folks, you know, and that's the revolutionary part. So even when I think about my music, so while my album will have the twerky songs, you know, and things like that, it also talks about dem- being a domestic violence survivor. It talks about police brutality. So that's the way that I fuse the ratchet and the revolutionary, bring it together, and it's me. Okay. I know. There is nothing wrong with the uh, ratchet. I always tell where the women that I'm with, they're all with, they're all a little ratchet. All of them. But you have to be able to button this thing up when we go into certain rooms. So it's funny you said that because I'm the polar opposite. I'm pretty square. Um, I'm quiet, but I'm not shy. People think that being quiet and shy are the same things when they're really not. Um, So yeah, I'm typically with someone that's much louder than me, much active than me, talks a lot more than me, all the above. And my friends too, for the most part, to be honest with you. So I recognize with the ratchet side of you. Um, so let's let's get going. Uh, tell me, like we we talked a little bit earlier offline about the privilege that all of us walk in when Malik walks into a room. No one knows that he's a transgender male. No. You and I walk into a room. No one has an idea that I'm lesbian and that you're queer. Let's talk about. What does community support look like on our behalf for our brothers and sisters that are trans and non-binary? Yes, I feel like it's really important as a cisgender person to support the trans and non-binary community. It's it's my I feel very strongly that my liberation to my trans and non-binary siblings are directly connected. And I feel like if they're not able to live in their authenticity and their safety to be loved out loud, then what does that mean for me? Because when I think about the liberation of all Black people, that very much includes the most marginalized, which we know are our trans and non-binary siblings. So for me, that allyship is very important. Allyship requires a certain level of sacrifice. So that would mean that if I have been asked to be part of a panel um, and it's a paid panel, I'm like, okay, how, do we have other trans folks on the panel? And if they're like, no, I'm like, well, would you like me to re- like, you know, refer you to some um, or it might say, well, we don't have a budget and I have either forfeited my honorarium or I've split 50 50 the honorarium with my trans sibling. Those are the ways that, you know, you can show allyship. I've done broad drives for trans women and trans femmes where they were able to get access to cute, sexy, lacy <laughs> bras that they wanted that were not used but were all new because I also feel like this concept of like clothing drives it's like all right well they've been used before and I'm like come on this is undergarment like we want fresh them up so I was able to organize drives and get 
different people to donate, you know, from their company and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's very largely um, or just even creating a show where I'm uplifting, you know, trans folks and non-binary folks. So that is the work and it's daily work. It's not nine to five work. It is constant and it is my dedication to the trans community. And I want the trans community to know that I'm on their side. Yeah. So where and when your passion began? That's a good question. Um, I don't think anyone's ever asked me that question. So um, I'll share that I wasn't always this way. And, and I'm glad that this question allows me to share this piece because I wasn't always this way. A lot of times cis women will be like, why do you care as much? I've been told or I've been asked if I was trans because they're like, there's no way you would care as much. And I'm like, I wasn't always this way. I was ignorant as a lot of cis women are. I'm from the hood. So I grew up with the terminology that were very offensive to trans folks and things like that. And it wasn't until 2015, truly, that I went to a rally that was held on by this non-binary icon named Joshua Allen, and as well as a few other organizations. But when I heard this person speak, there were 19 at the time, and they were just speaking about the ways that it was called Trans Liberation Tuesday, Black Trans Liberation Tuesday. And they were just talking about the different struggles that the Black trans community was facing. And I was like, wait a minute, I was doing nonprofit work at the time around anti-violence work. And I was like, wait a minute, why don't I know any of this? And so joined an organization and they really radicalized me. It's called BRP 100, Black Youth Project 100. And I'm working alongside trans folks, non-binary folks. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Like that radicalization, like that wait, that awakening happened by doing political work to be doing direct action work and in being in direct community in friendship and relationship with trans folks. So that started around 2015. So I tell people, you know, if you don't understand pronouns now, if you don't understand, like we didn't always know, but you have access and awareness of knowing now. So get into it. Like update. (laughs) Like, Like get into it. One of our castmates said um, in one of his interviews that he gets to truly be all of himself and be authentic as a non-binary identifying person because it's through the transgender experience. And I had never heard that, but when he said it, I thought, yeah, he's right. Like, you don't necessarily, like transgender kind of opens the doors for non-binary persons to be both in the middle, on the side, on the right, on the, wherever the hell they want to be in the spectrum. And that experience truly does come from transgender persons, allowing them the freedom to say, okay, well, I can be both if that's what I feel like. If I feel, you know, double-spirited, I, I don't have to be one or the other. So I think you're right when you say we have to be educated. So even us, like in the community, we have to be educated as well. And that was a huge aha moment for me when he said that. I was like, you know what? You're right. And he's like, I don't care what people call me. Really, it doesn't matter. Like whatever you see, whatever you feel. Um, and I think that truly happens because of our strong, independent folk that said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I want to be a boy, I want to be a girl, and I'm going to do it because I don't know if I'm that bold, right? And I love being a woman. I, you know, I wouldn't transition to a male, but I don't know if I could. We talked about kids a couple of weeks ago. 
um, identifying their strengths and what that looks like as a parent. And I was definitely telling Malik, I'm definitely one of the parents that would not allow my child to transition in middle school, elementary school. You know, we need to talk about (laughs) mid-late teens. Okay. Oh, my reaction, I'm like, whoa, well, well, this is a few things, right? I understand that non-binary, a lot of the times, you know, people who are non-binary, they identify under the trans umbrella, right? Because trans is simply identifying as something different than what the doctor assigned you at birth. And so if the doctor is saying you're non-binary, then technically non-binary people fall under that umbrella, right? But I think that in terms of becoming, I think that people just are. It's just that science and, and things like that, relying on genitals, genitals don't divine, don't, don't dis, like, don't decide our gender. It's on us. Like, so for you and for me as cisgender women, we're like, hey, I look in the mirror. I feel within my body and my spirit. This is me as a woman. So we identify with the same thing the doctor said that we were, right? But I don't believe that people become, you know, I don't believe that they turn and switch on. I think, yes, you can medically transition, right? Whether different surgeries or taking hormones over, but you can socially transition, not take any type of hormones or do any type of surgery. And it can, it can be a name change or it could be something that you're like, hey, I no longer use those pronouns. And so for me, I don't look at it as they're turning or becoming or changing, but that they are actually stepping into who they are meant to be. And, and that to me is, that's where the liberation is. I think that trans folks, are the epitome of people who represent, to me, divine beings. And I know that if I had a child, I would 100% support them being in their truth at whatever age makes sense. Because think about it, children are able to pick toys that they want. They're like, oh, I don't want to go by this, I want to go by like. I mean, it's all about expression. And so I can understand someone saying, well, I may not want my child to experience this level of surgery because of your body still developing and still growing. I think that can be understandable. But for me, I'm like, if my child would want to take hormone blockers or they would want to socially transition, I'm 100% for that. And I think that parents need to be 100% for that because that is life or death for a lot of children. I agree to a certain extent. I think each parent has to cancel with their child and make that decision for their child because there's so many other factors that go into it. So it's not just being liberated, right? But they have to deal with the bullying. They have to deal with the social aspect of being accepted and all those things where on their mental health. So, you know, if you have a child that can withstand the bullying and you know if you have a child that can't. So you have to make an executive decision as a parent to say, if I allow an absolutely no for the medical pieces for me like you need to be old enough to really understand the changes that you're going to do to your body so that's 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 a hard no for me um they would have to be you know an adult to make that decision for themselves because I would never want to okay that and then like most children because I have children biological children um they change their minds all the time they feel something today. My daughter said to me, Mommy, when I have my girlfriend or boyfriend, blah, 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 blah. That's totally fine. No problem. I don't care which one you have. But 
you know, she came to me and said, hey, mommy, um, I think I want to be a boy. I'll ask her, what does that look like? Uh, what what is, what is your definition of being a boy? And if she says something as simple as some toys and clothes, okay, girl, let's go change your wardrobe. But if she says, you know, I, I want to cut all my hair off. I want to do some, some things that I know would bring some pressure at school. We will be a little hesitant. And I would frankly take my kids to therapy and let's talk through this thing. Let's make sure that mentally they're ready to transition um, and deal with the outside world. In our house, you're safe. Hell, you can wear high heel shoes if you mum side, whatever. Yeah. But well, this, this is the thing, Raquel. That's the point. Mm-hmm. We can't prevent our children from being bullied, right? I was, a, I'm a cisgender woman. I was a cisgender girl. I was bullied for being smart, for being like my parents being from Haiti. Like, so to me, I don't believe that it is right to say, well, because you would get bullied and which child, which child can withstand bullying or whatever, because children will get bullied. Adults get bullied. Look at social. That's what <laughs> social media is full of bullies, right? Absolutely piece is if your child broke her leg would you have her get surgery for that if your child needed to get any type of surgery that you felt was corrective would you be in favor of that right children get braces children would if they're bow-legged sometimes they will get corrective surgery for their legs and yet parents are not like whoa you might compare getting their health their physical health to a sex change as as a teenager or but it is serious it is a serious and and i mean malik you can hop in here but the reason why i'm saying is that serious is because we have to look at emotional health and mental health and if a child is growing up and their body is changing because hormones and they are not aligning with what their body is doing their name or the gender like it's not aligning that is a mental health issue the number it's for suicide awareness the fact that black trans folks, black trans women, the life expectancy is 30. So for me, I would more so be about affirming my child and their mental health than in preparing them for bullying and things like that versus what you're saying respectfully. No, we can, agree, we can agree to disagree. And we certainly disagree about this subject. Um, and I am certainly for walking through that transition with my children, but there's certainly a time um, for me. You know, I, you know, Raquel, my daughter's name is Raquel as well. Um, you know, she's in the first grade. <laughs> you know, it, it's just as her parent protecting her as much as I can from the outside world is my job. Um, and again, I'm not going to say you can't be you can't be lesbian if you decide to be lesbian. You you can't be non-binary if you decide to be non-binary. I'm not going to say you can't, but I'm also going to take all the precautions that I can to protect them because I know what they're walking into. And yes, kids are bullied. Well, all kids aren't bullied, but yes, bullying is very common. I was not bullied ever. Um, and I graduated with a 3.9 GPA. Um, I played five sports. Um so, you know, 
it is a touch and go situation. It's tough. It's difficult, but I can't, it's not a yes or no. It's not cut dry and clear. I think it depends on every child. Yeah, I, I and we, we, we disagree because I feel like it is cut and dry. I feel like we either support the trans community or we don't, not just trans adults. We have to support trans children. We have to support trans teens. We have to support trans elders. And yes, people can change their mind as cis people do. Yes, my mom, when I told her that I was a lesbian, I identified as a lesbian for a very long time, but then I was in relationships with non-binary folks and trans folks. And I'm like, well, that's not me being a lesbian. So identifying in a way that allows more range within my politic. And I also find that identifying as a lesbian and being around another, a lot of cisgendered lesbians, they weren't, they didn't have a politic that supported trans folks. And I am not that girl. I don't want to be on the side of where I am policing or disempowering trans folks. And I find that a lot of cis lesbians are like that. And for me, I'm like, like I said, and I respect everyone's opinion. I just don't feel like this is pushing the liberation of us all to 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 really be to a place of safety. I don't feel like young people, when I think about young people taking their lives or young people not being able to live in their truth, rooted in the things that you're saying, Raquel, I don't think that that's fair. And so I'm very clear that my liberation and my allyship is with people across the ages and across the spectrum of how they identify in terms of gender and sexuality. But I know Malik, you wanted to hop in. Yeah. One more thing. So you know that there's an age limit to drinking for a reason, correct? Well, that's in this country, but in other countries. In our country. We're talking we're talking about our country. There's there's a uh age before we consider a child an adult. There's an age before we consider a child to be safe enough to drive. All these parameters are put in place not to stop them from driving, not to stop them from drinking, but to allow them time to mature. So again, I, I'm not going to tell my child no, but I'm not going to say, yeah, you can, you can transition today. But I, I think that's unfortunate. I do. But that's yeah, not, do you have children yet? I do not have children. <laughs> and I'm, and, and I don't think that that actually, dis, that I don't think that removes me from the conversation because I didn't have. No, everybody, nothing happens until there's dialogue. So nobody's ever removed from a yeah. conversation. But I think um, when you birth a little one, adopt, doesn't matter how you get your child, because a mom is a mom, a dad is a dad, in my opinion. Um, you realize that things aren't as black and white as you would like them to be, um, that there's some gray, that there's some things. I've worked with trans youth who've had to leave their households because they were not accepted by their parents. And I have been a huge population of that in Columbia, South Carolina right now. And they're homeless. We're dealing with that. Um, and I think that that matters. I also was a preschool teacher. So I've seen the, the the children navigate gender at a very young age. And then I've also worked with, like I said, um, youth who at the Alley Forney Center in New York, where they're talking about their experience of coming from the South and coming from households where they weren't able to be authentic and within themselves. And they're talking to me about the ways that they want to take their lives. So yes, there is a, there's a certain experience that parents have that I think is very unique that I will never experience because I don't want to physically birth a child just due to my, during, uh, my, my I, I'm actually getting a hysterectomy in January, but um, due to my fibroids. But, that, that, but to me, once again, these are people and these are the, this, the trans community isn't just a support 
of people who are over 18. But I'll pause there because I know Malik got to talk and I know I'm going to listen to what Malik got to say too. <laughs> um, so I, um, honestly, I respect both opinions. Um, I, I don't have a problem with a parent that does take precaution because I do hear her say that I'm not saying no. I'll put them in counseling and we'll work through this, you know, and that's just the protect the protective part of her being a parent. So I get that, but I also get your side. You, you see what I'm saying? So I'm in the middle. Um, if it was my child, we will work through it. Um, that's not because of the world we, we live in and because we are out here, you know, being frontline soldiers. I'll do everything I can to protect my child, but I will also encourage my child to be who they want to be. So I'm kind of, you know, in the middle on that, um, you know, respectably, I, I, I get both sides and me being a transgender male, like I said, I'm living it. I've been through it. I, I see it. I see our, how our trans people are getting killed every day. So, you know, I become a protective shell as well. I have a biological 31, well, he'll be 31 years old. And I can remember when he was young, before I even transitioned, I used to worry about what his friends had to say because I didn't want him to go through anything in school. I remember a time where I, I had to go to his school because he was in an ass. And I'm walking down the hall and his friends say, Dre, that's your dad? And Dre was like, no, nigga, that's my mama. You know what I'm saying? And for me, I'm fighting that side. But for him, he was okay. Because we had that type of relationship. But in my mind, I never wanted his friends to really know that because of the the parent in me. Not that I was shamed, but because I wanted to protect him. I didn't want him to go through school dealing with anything because of the way I chose to live my life. So I hit it. I get it on both sides. The world is so harsh. Like, well, to your point about working with children, I have a nonprofit organization and 100% of the work I do is with children. Uh, we had to turn our LGBT community center into basically a place for children to stay because our population of uh, LGBTQ children, they're being put out of their houses. They're being, they're being abandoned, essentially. And that the shit should be legal, number one. I don't know how it's legal for parents to do that, but I, I see the struggle of confusion. Not that they don't know if they want to be with a guy or girl. That's not it. It is literally confusion about how I want to identify every day. Yeah. Some of them really don't know yet. They know that they're different. And I think like from a parenting standpoint, all I can do is give them the tools to help them figure it out. And whatever they come up with, I'm totally okay with. But I also see kids struggle and not really know just yet if I want to be uh a trans woman, like for my, it is more boys, it's, it's more cisgender males that we see here in Colombia that are struggling. Um, 
some of them don't know if they want to be trans, if they're just super feminine or if they like boys or if they, some of them like girls and they're very clear about, well, no, I have a girlfriend and I, I, I like my girl. I love my girlfriend, but I want to look like her. Yes, because trans women are lesbians too. Like, Yes, but I'm just saying from an adult standpoint, yes, we get it. But children don't fully understand it. And and it, it requires some time for them to really know what they want to do. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I we I know that as a as an adult and who has lived for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, I think it depends on the type of child we that that we want to see in the world to thrive, right? I was raised and just I felt through lineage, like my both my parents are Haitian. I think that like Haitians are just revolutionaries in a lot of way ways. There's there's different ways that I think children or people can be in this world. Let's just use people because children are younger people. <laughs> They're right. Is that you can live in a way where you adjust to the world. The world is tra- transphobic, homophobic, racist, colorist. You know, like classes, blah, 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 right? That's the world. And you can live to figure out where you fit. Or, which is people like me, I'm the or, you can recognize that the world is all of these things. And you say, I'm going to exist anyway. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to live bold in my truth. I'm going to, anyway. And does that mean that you're un- you're going to be unsafe? Yes. Because even me as a cis black woman, do I feel unsafe in this world? Yes, absolutely. I've spoken about, I've spoken about very controversial topics in very controversial platforms, and I still have a. I'm going to speak what I'm going to speak. Have I gotten death threats? Yes. Have I had people hit me in my DMs and say I can't believe? You? Yes. But when you are a generational curse breaker, when you are a, a radical word sayer, when you are a, a trailblazer in that way, that's just what it is. Harriet Tubman, it was safe for her to free the slave, but she did it. Martin Luther King and MLK speaking out when the time that they were unsafe, they did it, right? And so there's certain people who conform and I don't blame those people because I get safety. And there's other people who are not meant to conform. I am not meant to conform. I am meant to let the world has to adjust to me. I don't adjust to the world. And I think that this is, I think sometimes when we're thinking about two different types of children, two different types of people, that's where we meet in a little bit of tick tension and friction. Because I hear the safety piece around, I need to teach my child how they can fit into this world that's going to not love them and not respect them. Valid. And I'm saying, how do you say, look, world, fuck that. I'm trans. These are my pronouns. I'm queer. I'm black. I'm bold. Fuck the police. Da, 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 da. You get what I'm saying? And it's safe. It's it's safer to be on the on the former, and it's unsafe to be on the latter. But that's not why I'm here. I'm not here to conform. I I get that, and I respect. I have one child that's like you, and I have one child that isn't. Yeah, my brother's completely opposite from me. Our brother challenged it. You know, like very. You know, he nothing like me. So I get it. You must be Leopold opposites. Raquel is definitely like you. She's going to go into the world and I'm going to have a lot of sleepless nights. Yeah. Yeah. The son, he's going to be a safe, he's going to be safe. He's going to be very, you know, white collar, very cautious, very like sister, don't do that. (laughs) That's right. 
said what? You didn't. You said what? Me? No. When it's time for ass whoopings, he's like, you know, sister, don't do that. Mommy, you're gonna get in trouble. Mommy's gonna spank you. She's like, yeah, hey, shut up and come on. Listen, my ass whoop, my ass whoopings was daily. Okay, no, I can't. Okay, struggled with me. But I, I also say this: Raquel can like pink today and tell me that's not my favorite color. I like blue, turquoise. That to be exact, they went from pink to turquoise. Right here, like, aren't we all like that? Oh, I like that. Let's think about things. All right, I think that July styles. Let's order like regular life stuff, like food that we eat. Mm-hmm. I went from 30 years of my life eating meat, eating seafood. Then when I turned 30, using some health things on well, my fibroids, I became vegan. That's a that's a life change. I switched it up. Right? I switched it up. I went from eating, eating funky legs and lamb chop. Now tofu. You get what I'm saying? And chickpeas. Like it is what it is. And so I think that for me, I used to like purple. I mean, I love purple. And I'm like, you know, I think I'm more like gold. Oh, I like this, or I like that. Like how amazing it is to live in a world our ancestors would have changed their mind like that. How how liberating it is to live in a world where your daughter gets to say, I like this color. Oh no, I like that color. I like these nails. Oh no, I like these nails. I like this food. I like that. You want to know what it's like? It's like living on a roller coaster. That's what it's like. That means in all our glory, it's like being on a roller coaster. You know, I want to do karate mode. Oh, no, I think I'm just going to go play soccer. Oh, okay. It changes, man, and it's it's cool. I'm not saying anything is wrong with it, but I'm saying, you know, I mess around and let my baby go do this, and then she come back and say, Mommy, I want to go back to this, and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. He, I just find all the time. I went to school. I have a degree. I had a degree since I was 21. I have a degree in education. I was like, I'm a rapper. What? <laughs> my degree, I don't know what my degree is. I don't know where it is. I graduate, you know what I'm saying? Top of my class, full point. I don't wear it. I don't even know where it is. You know what I'm saying? So you get to change your mind. Like, and to me, I'm like dope. So that means that she gets experience with karate and she gets experience with soccer. Lit. Some parents, some kids children don't experience anything. Yeah, it's, it gets expensive too. I'm going to tell you that. And I think that was hard too, right? It's like with parents, I think what's a challenge is it's really important that we don't impose ourselves onto our children, that we don't imprint ourselves onto our children. And 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 largely because, and I'll share this because I don't have a relationship with my mother and my father. My mother raised me. My dad wasn't around. I don't have a relationship with them. Why? Because they don't accept me in, in all that I am. And I'm very much like, if you don't accept me in all that I am, then we can't be in relationship. Well, I love you, absolutely. I literally just, what I did, I put it into the music. I got a whole song that someone could say is potentially a distrust. My truth. It's like, do parents gonna be the type of parent that when their child gets to be their 30s and really dissect as to how they were raised, they're like, my mom imposed herself on me. She tried to make me be a clone of her. My dad wanted me to, he wanted me to marry a man and did it. No, I'm not, you know what I mean? So I think it's very important are not in the driver's seat of their children. You are there to support. You are there to be the ways. You're, the, you're there to be the Google Maps. You're there to be like, hey, turn left a little bit. 
All right. Okay. Well, if you, but not meant to be in the driver's seat, because guess what? You, your child get older and they won't be talking to you. Just like I ain't like, I'm a, I'm a liberal. Um, and my kids get to express themselves. And sometimes it's like, who the fuck are you talking to? Start over. Start over. Start over. Everything was a negotiation. I believe that full-heartedly. Like, my parents, and I came from a very liberal, but super religious family. I had a transgender cousin before people knew what the word transgender was, and it was okay in my entire family. I have lived in a very liberal family where I've been able to be exactly who I am without any pushback, without any name calling. So when I went into the world, it was far to me that people couldn't be gay, trans, whatever the hell they wanted to be because my family was so liberal. So I think, you know, from a personal standpoint, like like my daughter was able to say to me, mommy, if I, you know, my girlfriend or my boyfriend and I'm like, oh, okay, now we like girls. Okay, okay, keep going. Yeah, sure, Raquel. God. Sure. When did y'all know your sexuality and or gender, right? And I could start because I think that from always identify, girl, I was very, I was always very feminine. Like, I loved it. Like, my mom, she would punish me with, give me them earrings. I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. yeah. Wow. Give me that nail polish. I was like, oh, my nail polish. Like, I mean, it was devastating. She, she didn't even got to put a hand on me, even though she did beat me. But she was still very much like, let me just strip you of your femininity. And that to me was worse than a being. So I always identified with, I'm not saying feminine means woman, but just, or girl, but that's how I identified, right? With our sexuality, I knew at a very young age, I, I around eight or nine, that I liked girls. And my after school program, eight or nine, I was in the after school program and I might even been set. Like it was, it was a little between seven and nine. And I was in the after school program and there was this girl that I liked and I did like a little wink at her or whatever. It was like a little, and the teachers saw me. And the interesting thing is now I look back on it. Those teachers, I think were actually very queer. This was, a, it was a very effeminate Puerto Rican man, a little bit of a masculine, like, you know, Puerto Rican woman. But anyways, they treated me like it was the absolute worst thing. They were like, Jewel, come over here, yelling at me. I was like, what did I do? They was like, what did you do to that girl? Like, what'd you do? And I was like, I winked at her. And they were like, girls don't do that. You want me to tell your mother? And the way that they said it, I was like, uh, 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 no, don't tell my mom. Like, And so then what I did was I turned off my attraction. I was like, forget it. Apparently liking boys is the way to go. And I became the fastest little girl ever. Had the sex- I'm just having sex with boys, 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 boys. Get to be 21 and I'm like, I can't do it anymore. This isn't who I am. It was never who I was. And I tried, I overcompensated. So I share that because I knew at a very young age about my attraction. I didn't think boys were cute. I just did. I was like, oh, you know, I was fooled that I couldn't. I was like, the way that they said it, I can still feel it within my body. Angry they were when they saw that. You know, I spent my entire life and I feel sorry for that. I was engaged to a man at 18. Like I spent my, from, you know, my childhood up until 21 faking and lying and living inauthentically. And I feel so sorry for that inner child who had to do that. And I wish that I had 
family and friends and teachers who supported me and who were like, oh, do you like her? Like, what's going on? I had conversations and didn't shut me down because then I will be here, had all the people in love with me and I ain't even love them like that. They ain't right. <laughs> what about you, Malay? Like, how old are you? Um, man, as far as I can remember, um, way back when I was, before I was a teenager, um, as a kid. I was going to say, you can play on It's a long time, boy. Yeah, Tonka trucks, like, that was my thing. Like, I, I don't ever recall having a doll baby. Like, from a kid, I played with trucks, dump trucks. I used to have a brick and make a road in my grandmother's yard for my truck. And that's all I remember. As a teenager, my father brought me dirt bikes and go-karts and, you know, like that's the stuff I was into. So although I didn't know what being transgender was, now that I look back, it's like, wow, I was always destined to be who I am today because that's that that made me happy the way I dress like now I did have one time the braids like the brat but still brat was a, to me a stud so you know yeah. as I grew of course I grew into knowing what a stud was and that's how I carried my life and with my son I knew that I wanted to have a child and uh oh I knew that I wanted to have a child and um, like I said, thank God that he was a boy. <laughs> it's so crazy. So this is, so I grew up with the space to be either, I guess, now that, now that you two have answered the question, I'm like, Jesus. Um, my dad did all the boy things with me. My mother and my grandmother did all the girls things with me. I had a great balance. I had bikes, dirt bike, go-kart, all the boy toys, and I enjoyed them. And I had all the girl toys. I had dolls. I mean, my mom to this day will say every new doll that came out, Raquel had it, and she had a black one. My mom never bought me a white doll. Um, And I played with them. You know, until I, you know, a, a week and then they were done for, but you know, I played with them. Um, I remember literally like never having to choose. Now that I think about it, I had both. My dad did his job teaching me what it was like to be a dad, right? And probably his favorite child. And he has always said, you're more like me than any of my children. As I get older, I identify with what he means. My grandmother only wore red lipstick, nails done every week, toes done, hair done. So I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't socialize, like I didn't know until a girl told me. So I had a boyfriend, of course liked him, cared about him. And then my freshman year in high school, my best friend said to me, you like girls. You like me. I like you. We sit on the phone all night. 
We write letters all day during school. So she's telling me this stuff. And I'm like, damn, maybe I do. Like, <laughs> no, I, I literally didn't know. I, I loved her because she was my friend and, you know, it was a very safe place. It felt good. Um, but I'm going to tell you this. I love my boyfriend. It was a very safe place. When it started to outweigh, when one starts to outweigh each other is when it became intimate. And I realized, oh, I don't like that. I don't enjoy that. That's when I knew for real, like I didn't know, no, until it was time to do young adult things. And I was like, oh, no. Wow. That's when I knew. Yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, and it's me, but I was like, I always, I liked boys in the sense that I'm like, oh, they're fun. They're funny. Like, I just didn't like them like that. Mm-hmm myself to like them like that and you know like I said I had sex at 14 so that's very young I look back like it's so cringy I'm like Ugh. because I'm like I was a child you know what I mean I'm like but at point when you're 14 you don't think you a child you're like what you're talking about like you know especially if you're an if you're an educated child smart child like a, a mature child like you don't 14 in your mind but 35 to be 36 year old me is like oh <laughs> gringy but I'm having sex at 14 and I'm like, what is this? Like, what, what, I don't like this at all, you know, but I, I had to. So I became an award-winning actress, okay? I, so you're just faking everything. That I never orgasm not one a time with no cis man ever in my life. And I pretend my fate and I pretended for seven years in terms of, Seven years from 14 to 21, faked it, lied, 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 lied. Anybody who, anybody who listening to this podcast and you are a cis man and I ever had sex with you because there's been a lot because I was true. That's what I'm keeping real. It's been a lot because I was trying, you know, they like pray the gay away. I was trying to fuck the gay away. I was trying and, you know, so I'm like, if they're listening to this, know that I ain't never orgasmed with you. It just didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. You know, really, really, you know, figuring out sexually, you know, things like that, that plays a huge role too. Which I would like to make space for, you know, there's folks who's asexual and who are queer. You know, sex doesn't mean that that's what it is. But for me, it was a hell no. <laughs> I was like, you know, well, it's um, we've had a, we've had a good time, guys. We we actually are over time, but uh, nonetheless, I think I said this earlier. Nothing changes until there's dialogue, um, and you could agree to disagree. Um, that's healthy conversation. Um, but we have to have the difficult conversations for us to move forward. There's no moving forward without having the conversations that make people uncomfortable. We are in a time in an age where people need to fucking be uncomfortable. Um, and that's, it's, that's a yeah. job. And, you know, I think for all of us, it is a part of our job to make people uncomfortable and have the conversations that people don't want to have and truly respect each other's opinion and agree to disagree. Um, and yep. most often, everybody kind of meets in the middle anyway. Yeah. So, um, Lalika, before we wrap up, Talk to us about sponsors and partnerships. 
So here on It's a Trans World Podcast, we are creating a safe space for our trans brothers, sisters, and our non-binary counterparts to be able to tell their truths. We would love to advertise your business on It's a Trans World Podcast, and we're also looking for community partners and sponsors. For more information, reach out to myself or Raquel. Follow us on social media at Raquel, that's R-A-Q-U-E-L-R, T3. Follow us at Transworld on IG and you can follow me at the one, the number one gorgeous underscore church boy. That's B-O-I-I. Also, if you would, please subscribe. Go over to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Dreamcatchers Production. Thank you. That's so awesome because I don't know any of that stuff and I should. But, but guys, it's always a good time hanging out at the cookout and you know like uh, most black folk we love a good cookout and that's what it feels like when we get into these conversations and we're going back and forth and the banter is good and we, we vibing just like we family um jewel we hope that we see you uh at the premiere on wednesday we are excited we have some amazing news to announce club on wednesday if you're not in the building you're just not gonna get it you're gonna get it at all the other people post it or say it but we have um some really cool stuff to share on premiere night we're excited we're thankful um but before we leave you we want to leave you with it's a trans world podcast is here to educate we're here to share the trans and non-binary experience and to love on our brothers and sisters um equality is important and we're all human and love is love wherever you find it you know and just wrap yourself up in it because it's not as easy as people say so Take care of yourself, stay safe, be positive, and be open. Be open to hear and to be educated about someone that's different than you are. Guys, thank you. Uh, we're done with this one. Thank you so much, Jewel, for joining us. My um, amazing, handsome, sleepy co-host, thank you. Uh, we're going to wrap this one up. It's a Transworld Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.